You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com. The largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Glenn Naughton, Dylan Terriman, and Alex Varallo. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your solo host for the evening, Alex Varallo. Uh, Glenn might be calling in tonight. He's a working man as per usual. Same goes with uh, our buddy Dylan. Uh, so, um, you know, I'll be breaking down everything that I've been seeing as I've been attending numerous camps over the last week. Um, was in attendance this morning and yesterday. Uh, I was also at the green and white scrimmage this weekend and uh, three times last week as well. So um, I've been living, eating, and breathing everything New York Jets as of late. Uh, But before I uh, get too far ahead of myself, uh, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Miles Social. Um, If you're a small business, large business, any kind of business, and you're looking to improve your social media presence, you need to get connected with milesocial.com. They can help you with your social media management web design, search engine optimization, and much more. You can find them at M-I-L-E-S-O-C-I-A-L.com, milesocial.com. Okay, so um, kind of in week two of training camp here. Uh, This is the first preseason game that's coming up this weekend, I believe against the New York Giants. Um, I have tickets for that as well. A good buddy of mine hooked me up, so I'll be uh, watching our Gang Green team going up against Big Brother Blue. Um, it's going to be quite interesting because the preseason element has changed. There was four games um, for the longest time. I don't know how long. But uh, up to this year, they just voted on that, and they've altered the schedule to three preseason and 17 regular seasons. Um, so this could be not just the – same thing that we saw in the past where the offense comes out, they usually get one series, maybe two, usually no starters are in um, after their first series or two or after the first quarter. So who knows what is going to happen here? Because if you think about it, um, the first game they would go out, maybe run a play or two, get out of Dodge, just get the feeling of warming up, getting ready for a game. Um, nobody wants, you know, the, the starters to get hurt, so they don't push too far. Now that there's less preseason games, it's almost like this would be possibly the second preseason game uh, where they would be playing the entire first quarter perhaps, maybe, you know, showing up in the second quarter and then calling it a day. Can't really tell um, what they're going to do, but it will be interesting. So I'll make note of that when I go uh, to watch the Jets this weekend to see how many plays, how many series they go out, um, you know, and that'll probably be the best for us fans to take a look at what this team has been doing this offseason and how far they've come along throughout the 10 or 11 practices that they've been through um, to start the season. So uh, definitely looking forward to this weekend's game against the Giants. Um, 
it's always a rivalry. Um, we're, we've been in the, the shadow of the Giants for many of years, so any chance we get to stick it to them, uh, we got to take advantage. So hoping that we come out as victors, even though preseason games really don't count, but, you know, we get them for bragging rights in, in our local area if you're from the metro area. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, all right, let's get right into what's been going on down at training camp. So a lot of the media has been coming out and, you know, putting uh, you know, different stories out of, on, on things that are going on within camp. Um, a lot of what you may have been hearing or seeing and reading is that Zach Wilson is kind of up and down, um, shows some good flashes and then shows some struggles to say that it, it's more or less of a combination of, A, he's a rookie, um, B, he's getting used to the NFL speed, and C, we might actually have a real force at the defensive line position. We have so many guys in that rotation that have all different types of abilities to put pressure on the quarterback and bust up run plays, and we see that in all different scenarios. Today, um, according to Robert Sala's press conference, the packages that they were putting out were more of like third down, pin your ears back and go get them. So this was a really, really good test for, for Zach Wilson because he has they have to try to create as much of a game element for him to, to expedite the process for him to be ready for week one. So a lot of pressure was thrown at him today. Um, you know, like I said, he had uh, some ups and downs. There were times where he was given very little time to even make any decisions, and then there were some times in which uh, he acknowledged the pressure, got the ball out, found his guy, um, you know, some of the things that we saw from his BYU days. So good Zach and bad Zach, I think that's something that we're going to see throughout the year. Um um, anybody who has expectations of Madden-like numbers with 30 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, and everything like that, you know, if you want to set yourself up for a disappointment, go ahead and do so. Um, you know, in reality, this is going to be uh, a very, very difficult road for Zach. I hope that he gets through it and can rise above all the adversity and, and the competition that comes his way. But the transition from college to NFL is a huge, huge step. It's it's a process. Some guys get lucky and they kind of get it right away. Others take time. So the theme of late has been uh, defense has been getting the better of the offense in the majority of the days in camp. Uh, and, you know, a lot of that showed today in camp as well. So I'm um, just taking a look at some of my notes here. Um, from earlier today. Um, on an injury side, I'll, I'll, I'll go there. Um, George Fant has, um, is, is full participant in practice now. Um, he was limited before. He had a, a bout with COVID. Explained that in the press conference yesterday that during his vaccinations, he ended up um, getting sick, but he feels good right now. He's working out. Um, and does not feel like he's had any setbacks whatsoever. So he's ready to compete for the right tackle position um, with Morgan Moses. And uh, he's, he's just ready to go. Um, he, he spoke very positively about 
Um, he and Moses' situation, apparently, um, they were friends even before um, they became teammates. So that's quite interesting um, to compete against, um, you know, not only a teammate but a friend as well. Uh, another individual that I saw doing some light work today, doing a little bit of sprinting, was Aston Davis. Um, so it's good to see that he's making his way back. Um, you know, if anything were to happen to Marcus May and LaMarcus Joyner, uh, we are quite thin at the safety position. And uh, a player like that with his athleticism um, will absolutely be beneficial for this team. Uh, there was a small incident today with Ashton David. I'm, I'm sorry, with um, James Hardy. Looks like um, it was some sort of lower body, maybe lower leg. Couldn't really tell. Looks like he was limping a little bit, um, nothing too dramatic. We'll have to see uh, what reports come out in the next few days. Maybe it's just, you know, being a little banged up from practice. They are in full pads, and a lot of the guys are really, really, uh, you know, turning it up as far as, uh, you know, playing fast and hitting each other and doing things like that. So we'll have to keep an eye on James Hardy, see see what happens with um, his situation. Um, There was a situation where, Zach Wilson seemed to have hurt his hand, um, had to come out a couple of reps, but, uh, you know, he, he was able to finish practice and came back in um, and did his thing. So, um, you know, at first, you know, you catch your breath, oh, no, started quarterbacks coming off the field for, for a little bit, and then, you know, all is well, he comes right back. So hopefully uh, this, this hand situation was just, you know, a stinger or something like that. But we'll have to uh, – keep our eyes and ears on that situation and just, you know, see if it becomes something uh, more pressing. Uh, Pretty much it from the the injury side of what I have to offer, you know, uh, AVT was getting light work. He's still uh, recovering from a pec injury. Uh, No timetable has been set yet for him. Robert Salah did say the other day that he does feel that he will be able to make a full recovery and come back. So, you know, that's best-case scenario, and and hopefully that does happen. Um, Quinton Williams, still limited participant, um, working on the side field, doing more drills and things like that. So it looks like he's not too far away, but Jets are definitely taking their time, being smart about this. He's one of the best players on the team, and they absolutely want to make sure that he's here for the whole season. So can't blame them for not, you know, trying to push him into the mix too early, especially when we're still – you know, in the second week of, of August, and uh, we still got a whole lot of time before week one rolls around. Uh, to speak about some of the other quarterbacks that were out there, um, Josh Johnson got a few reps today. Not much going on there. Looks like he's still trying to get acclimated with the system, uh, which was, you know, he probably has the, I believe he's got the most experience out of everybody on the team right now. Um, I would peg him for the number two spot uh, because what's going on with James Morgan and Mike White uh, doesn't give me personally a real boost of confidence um, in a backup position rolling into the year. So uh, we'll be keeping, I'll be keeping watch on Josh Johnson throughout this month and and just kind of seeing where, where this situation falls with, you know, the backup quarterback spot. Uh, Running backs. Uh, running backs have looked really, really good. Um, there's, there's been a theme as of late uh, with 
you know, the committee, and, and we kind of anticipated that. We talked about that throughout our off-season process. Um, this was something that San Francisco did. Um, they didn't really have a lead running back. They just had a bunch of guys that they could rotate. Could be one of those scenarios that whomever the hot hand is gets, you know, majority of the carries. Um, you know, I've seen good flashes coming from Ty Johnson, uh, Michael Carter, will go out there and, and, and make a good run here or there. Um, and Kevin Coleman doesn't look like the player um, that I saw, you know, last year or the year prior. Um, he looks more of the version that I saw when he was playing healthy in Atlanta. So a healthy Kevin Coleman definitely bodes well for this offense. Um, he's a very good receiver and, you know, he's a versatile back. I don't think he's, a lead dog back where he can take, you know, 300 plus carries in a season. So it kind of fits this mold of, of the running back, um, the running game by committee. And I do believe that however this pans out with the depth chart of the running backs, it'll be more of a one, a B and C um, and maybe even D because uh Michael P Ryan has looked quite well in recent days and, He's been getting more opportunities with the first string. So clearly, um, you know, Michael P. Ryan is going to have some sort of role going into this year. Um, You know, some people may not be super excited about a committee running game, but in the long term, you're going to have a bunch of backs that don't have a lot of carries or wear and tear on their body and, I believe the agenda is to have a fully functional and a consistent running game and having a good solid running game with a rookie quarterback is probably the best situation that you can provide for, for a young pass caller. If you don't have a running game and everything is forced into the quarterback's hands and the quarterback's inexperienced, you're going to have problems. You're going to end up um, having mistakes and, going to see kind of what we saw with Sam Darnold. Um, Sam Darnold did not have a great running game, um, didn't have a lot of really great receivers either, but definitely no running game whatsoever last year and the year prior to that. Um, you know, we had Le'Veon Bell, but not the version that we expected. So I believe that it is vital to have a healthy running game and a, and a productive running game for Zach Wilson take the pressure off the young man. You know, we've got all different types of versatile running backs. No reason not to use them all, um, whether it's in passing or um, using them as decoys or just consistently running the ball down the defense's throat. Those are the things that will be able to create more opportunities for play action, and it will tighten up the defense, which will open up the outside for the passing game. So, a healthy running game, always good, whether you have an experienced quarterback or rookie quarterback, but even more so with an inexperienced guy. So this weekend we should hopefully see, um, you know, what I've been talking about. I don't know how this is going to play out and how the, the reps are going to be divvied up, especially if they're only going to be doing, you know, one or two or three possible series with the first stringers. So, maybe we'll get a glimpse on, on who's ahead uh, in the depth chart at the running back position on Saturday. 
right. Uh, for the receivers, uh, kind of repeating what everybody else is saying here. Um, every day, Elijah Moore continues to impress. He continues to make plays. Uh, kind of seen him doing things all over the field. Um, he absolutely can line up inside in the slot. He can line up outside. Um, even if you wanted to put him in, in the backfield and have him coming out as a receiver from the backfield, he could do that too. Um, he is going to be a weapon. He'll be a vital part of this offense. And I really do expect great things from him, um, if not this season, but in the years to come. He has the drive. He has the right mentality. He loves this game. He works his tail off. He plays with passion when he's out there. And every time he makes a play, everybody knows, what, you know, you know how he feels. He's, he's extremely passionate, and I just love the emotion that he brings every time he makes something happen on the field. And I know the fans are just going to soak it up and love him. So, you know, Elijah Moore just continues to make the anticipation grow for week one because I really, really would like to see, you know, what are the limits? You know, where's the ceiling for a player like him? Um, don't know. Maybe sky's the limit. But Elijah Moore absolutely has been phenomenal as of late. Another receiver that we picked up in free uh, free agency this year, Corey Davis. He continues to, uh, you know, stand out a little bit more and more every day. Um, you know, he's a big physical presence. Uh, he he made some plays today that were pretty impressive. Um, really, really putting Bless Austin and Bryce Hall uh, to the test. Uh, he is an elite wide receiver. Maybe his stats don't show that, but the things that he does, I haven't really seen any other wide receivers do for quite some time on this team. So I really, really am looking forward to seeing this this combination of receivers that we have. Um, you know, going forward. Some guys that have been quiet as of late, um, Jamison Crowder, haven't really been hearing too much from him. He did make a really, really great play today. I think it might have been Zach Wilson's longest completion and best pass of the day. It was on a deep route, um, over the shoulder, laid out, secured the football. Just absolutely marvelous play. Um, And good to see, you know, the fact that, we have a veteran with shorthand that's going to be out there with our young wide receivers. Very excited about the weapons that the Jets have this year. Probably haven't been this excited seeing the talent that we have out there being utilized properly. I think that was a big theme last year is that we had some guys that could do some things, but the way our coordinator and head coach deployed them was just horrific. And it's nice to see just a glimpse of from, from the practice that everyone's going to get an opportunity on this team. And the reason why I say that is, you know, I'm looking at some of the um, completions going from my notes today and all the running backs were involved in the receiving game. Everybody got touches in the run game and made a big play here or there. Um, I think the, the, the best two running backs today was definitely Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson. Um, as far as the receivers go, Moore, 
Davis looked really good. Keelan Cole makes plays every day. Um, I think he's in line for a starting position. Um, Chris Herndon um, seems to be rejuvenated. Uh, you know, today he, he dropped one over the middle. Um, you know, should have caught that ball. It was in between the safeties. Would have been a nice 15-yard gain. But, uh, you know, from what he's showing in this system, they're moving him around, and he's going to be a weapon, um, which is great because before he was the number one tight end, he was the number one blocking guy, and, you know, the way Gase was using him last year was just horrific. Now it seems like with this new system, they have a role carved out for him, and there should be a major uptick in his production this year, Um, you know, granted that he stays healthy and all that stuff. But uh, even with everything that he's doing, there's been a a very healthy rotation at the tight end position. Um, Seeing them interchange, Tyler Croft and and Trayvon Wesco, even Ryan Griffin getting in the mix. So the Jets have quite a bit of talent at tight end. Um, Nobody on paper raises any eyebrows, but the way – that I'm seeing them being used and deployed exactly what you would expect and hope to expect from a coach when you say that they put them in the best position or the best situation to succeed. That's what I'm seeing right now. I'm seeing players meeting their skill set. So before, I'll be honest, I was – a little skeptical about a rookie coach and a rookie offensive coordinator with a rookie quarterback coming into this, uh, you know, into this team and, you know, how quickly will everything come together? Mike LaFleur is an intelligent man from what I've seen. I like the way that he's running this offense. I like the way that um, the formations that they're putting out there, um, you know, it almost seems like the nuance is a little bit more of a 2021 version offense rather than an outdated scheme that being forced into the players. I see plays being called that meet the Corey, Corey Davis's skill set. I see plays being called that fit Elijah Moore's skill set. I'm seeing the tight ends being utilized the way that they should. And the same goes with some of the defensive players as well from Robert Sala's side. Um, you know, jumping from one ball to the other side, they took two safeties in this draft and they're converting them into linebackers. Thus far, with Jeremiah Sherwood and Hamza Nasser Dean, I think this is going to play out. And I think that we may see a, a significant role out of one of these two safeties that have converted into linebacker this year. I'm not sure which one yet, I had to be a guessing man. I think it's Thompson Nasser-Roldin. I think he might be the guy that ends up being a significant playmaker or standout on the defense year one. That's my, my bold prediction right there. But I like the way that they're being used. You can see how they have the safeties mentality with the covered skills in a linebacker's body, and they're being – deployed through Rob, Robert Sala's scheme, I believe, in the correct manner. So right now all signs are adding or pointing up. 
um, with with these situations coming with new players coming into a new system and the coaches understanding who they are and putting them in the right spot. That's what I'm seeing today as of August 10th. We'll see how this unfolds when the regular season comes out. But right now I really, really do feel that they are going in the right direction. Okay. So earlier today when I was doing my, uh, uh, my, my, pre-practice video, I had mentioned that I was going to take a good look at some of the defensive players. Um, you know, it's kind of hard when the guys are all mixed up and jumbled like that, but um, I can I can definitely tell you that C.J. Mosley and Jared Davis are working really well together. Um, they're, they're making – they're the shock bowlers on the defense. Um, they're making sure that guys are being lined up properly. And, you know, the presence that C.J. Mosley brings as a leader is outstanding. Um, Jared Davis plays with a lot of passion and intensity out there. Uh, Definitely, like, I think those two individuals, we are going to end up really, really liking the duo, you know, as far as being run stoppers. And, you know, they'll even go in on a blitz every now and again and put some pressure. So uh, both versatile linebackers, I think, Things will come from them. Talk about the secondary. Um, you know, there's been some some interesting names thrown around, um, and uh, you know, the cornerback position. I keep seeing different bodies coming in and getting different reps, and it looks like there's a battle going on right now for the starting nickelback position between Javelin Gidry and Michael Carter the second. Right now, I would say that Gidry is ahead, uh, but each of them have been getting, you know, heavy reps. Um, they're getting thrown into different scenarios. And, you know, at the end of the day, the best man's going to come forward, and that should work well out for our team. Um, so there's a little bit of a camp competition and a battle going on at the nickelback position. You know, as far as the outside guys, it really does look like Bless Austin and Bryce Hall are near the top of the depth chart. I do see Lamar Jackson, uh, UDFA from last year, that ended up getting a lot of snaps, you know, due to injuries and everything that was a nightmare last year. But he's still out there mixing it up, making plays, um, trying to, you know, carve out a role for himself. Um, You know, as far as the safeties, I touched about that earlier, we're a little bit thin. Um, It's pretty much Marcus May and uh, LaMarcus Joyner. And, um, you know, right now I I think that they're playing very, very well. Um, Joyner is extremely uh, talented and intelligent. Um, You can see how the communication is working between he and May. Uh, You know, I think that that's going to be a good pairing, Um, you know, a little bit different from what we saw with May and Adams. I don't think you're going to see – you know, as much rah-rah, passionate kind of emotional stuff like we did from Jamal. I think these guys are just going to, you know, grab their helmets, go to work, do their job, and, and you know, be the defensive leaders that we need on the back end and just to make sure that everybody's in the right place. So definitely very, very happy and content right now with May and Joyner being the last line of defense. Uh and Marcus May ended up making a, a fantastic play at the end of practice. Not great for Zach Wilson to end the day on an interception, but it was 
a I don't know if it was a design rollout or if Zach was forced out of the pocket due to pressure, but he was moving to his right. He was trying to connect with someone in the back of the end zone as they were coming across, and, you know, he put it out there, but May just closed in on the ball, um, got himself in the position, and then came away with it. So, uh, you know, Marcus May already in midseason form, got to love everything that he brings to the table. Um, Not sure why he hasn't gotten his big extension, but, you know, I'm sure we can touch into that you know, later on, maybe the Jets are just still trying to iron out a deal or possibly, you know, Marcus May is going to play on his uh, franchise tag and then next year he may walk or they may try to make him an offer. Only time will tell. But for now, there does seem to be some camp battles at the secondary position um, and this will iron itself out within the next few weeks. Oh, on another note I'm seeing here, David Moore. Uh, we acquired him yesterday, uh, I believe, from Jacksonville, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, interior lineman, we definitely need some help there um, due to the fact that Cam Clark just got hurt last week and he was lined up as a uh, guard in the guard position. Uh, we do have Feeney out there. We've got GBR, a couple other guys, but rather thin on the interior side. So it looks like the Jets are bringing in some youth and some depth at the guard position. Uh, big guy, uh, I must say. Uh, he'll be wearing number 66 right now. That's that's the jersey that they gave him. That may change. But uh, I was pretty shocked to see how quickly, being that we just picked him up yesterday, that he was already out participating in, in drills and doing other things like that today. So David Moore getting acclimated very quickly and thrown into the mix. I'm going to take a look here at some other notes that I made for today. Uh, Mike White had a better day today. Uh, I haven't spoken much about him or uh, written about him much, but uh, he, he did seem like he was struggling a little bit at, over the last few practices that I attended last week. Um, didn't seem like he had timing, holding on to the ball, uh, you know, just not having great placement where he was distributing the football. Today, you know, he had some decent games. Um, he, he had a connected with Denzel Mims on a very deep pass, probably the best pass that Mims has had or caught all camp. Um, he had another big game to Trayvon Wesco that – you know, he was coming over the middle, caught the ball and over the linebackers before the safeties, and then I believe it was Zane Lewis, number 33, that tried to um, lay a hit on him, and, and Wesco just kind of lowered his shoulder and popped the pads and, and, and went right through it. So um, very interesting to see, uh, you know, Mike White being, you know, getting more reps, getting himself, um, you know, possibly in a better position to fight for this backup position. I do see we have a caller on the line here, so let's just uh, find out and see who we have on the line. How do you do, sir? Hi, caller. This is uh, Alex from Jet Nation Radio. Who's on the line? Uh, This is Lou from New Jersey, longtime suffering Jets fan. (laughs) Hey, Lou. I think you've called in here before, correct? 
No, I don't think I, I not to my knowledge, but I but I know the show exists. And I am no stranger to Watch Talk Radio at all. But I heard about this show. I haven't had a chance to call in. Got it. Well, welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. You know, training camp month is here. And um, yeah, what do you got for us, Lou? Well, I mean, we can't. I don't think we can do much worse than we had in the past uh, in previous seasons. We got you know a new coach coming in. We have you know I think a decent quarterback, uh, Zach Wilson of you know Utah. Even though we didn't get a chance to see him play much, because in this part of the country you don't get a chance to see much from the Mountain West. But um, you know he looks solid enough. And, of course, uh, I don't think he can do any worse than our previous quarterback, who has now jumped ship. So I'm looking at it to be a much better season, I hope. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, from the things that I've seen thus far, um, there's a new new chemistry. There's, there's new vibes out there. Um, players look like they're actually having fun. Um, where in the past, it, you know, it seems like, you know, little somber just doing your job so it looks right. like there's a little bit of energy out there and, and, and it does seem like there's a, a new theme going on out there and plus Joe Douglas has done a pretty decent job of acquiring as much talent and weapons as he can for his young quarterback um, you right. know really really excited with with what I've seen from Elijah Moore I think some of the running backs that we have are, are going to make some good plays for us and and I'm definitely intrigued uh, to see, you know, some of the guys that have that have already been here, like Denzel Mims and Jameson Crowder and some Chris Herndons of the world, those guys. Yes. Really would love to see them bounced or being a part of such a horrific offense the last couple of years with Adam Gase now almost giving – it's like a new year, new opportunity for these guys. So I'm definitely very excited um, to see them, but uh, – you know, who intrigues you the most, and, and, and who are you, you know, hoping that takes that step this year from this team? I am anxious to see what Zach is going to do. I mean, I'm always anxious to what the quarterback is going to do, especially a new one that comes in. And, you know, I was um, reading something from a comment last year saying about the uh, previous coach, Adam Gaze, somebody had the uh, nerve to call him an offensive minor genius. Uh, how do you explain that after you only won two games last season? Yeah. Whoever thought of that, I think it's completely ridiculous. It was written in some um, article, I think, and I forget which publication it was, but they called him that. <laughs> I think you better start winning more games before, you, before you're being called a genius. Absolutely. Uh, I, don't, I don't think without having multiple Super Bowl rings on your finger or, you know, championships, yes. I don't think that you can put labels like that on anybody unless it's, it's been proven. So, uh, yeah, wholeheartedly yeah, agree but... there. Yep, ab- absolutely. Um, so uh, what do you think about this weekend? Uh, we have a preseason game coming up against the Giants. Do you think that the first string is going to play the entire quarter, or, or is it going to no, be more no, or no, less no. like, you know, the years in the past? Is it going to be one and done with the, the series? What are you anticipating? I don't think you'll see that because you really don't see first string play the whole quarter. You know, maybe like a half a quarter or, like, maybe you'll get him out like five minutes uh, left in the quarter. But uh, through the whole quarter, no. So, you, you have you have, you have to work on that. But um, this is the Giants-Jets yeah. game, and I've always looked forward to that preseason game, even, you know, every year, because it's as good as the rivalry we're going to get for at least another, oh, two or three years before we see him play in the regular season again. So, I'm looking forward to yeah. it regardless. 
I always do. Yes, indeed. Yep. I was saying that earlier in the show. Um, you know, I grew up in Jersey and a lot of friends, Giants fans, you know, a lot of friends that are Jets fans too. So, you know, this is our inner yeah. bragging rights for the year. Even though these games don't count against the regular season, you know, they count in your inner circles when it comes to bragging rights. So definitely excited for right. that. But, um, yeah. Lou, anything else that, that you want to uh, address or talk about? I mean, I've been I've been to a few uh, those Judge Giants preseason games, and for the most part, they were entertaining. The last one thing I went to, though, was a last-minute victory by the Giants, and, of course, I was not happy. My sister and brother-in-law, yeah, ecstatic. Yeah. Yep, yep, that'll happen sometimes. Yep. Yeah, we've been in the shadow of Big Blue for quite some time. But um, I always thought there was a defense the offense. I'll tell you this, as far as the defense is concerned, um, there are some areas that are still raise more questions than answers. But I can tell mm-hmm. you that from what I've seen from the defensive line, uh, these guys are hungry, they're playing fast, um, yes. They're dialing up the pressure meter every day, and yes. the 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 best part about this is that one of the best players, who's Quinn and Williams, is not in the mix right now. So we're seeing I'm why seeing not lack of production. Quinn's uh, dealing with an ankle injury right now. Um, mm-hmm. He's limited. They're taking they're taking time with him. You know he is one of the best players on the team. So. I think they're just being smart about this and they're just trying to, you know, take the process a little bit slow so that, you know, hopefully he's, he's able to join the team and, and be there, you know, week one. But uh, I can tell you, Alonzo Fadokasi, Nate Shepard, John Franklin mm-hmm. Myers, Carl Lawson, Bryce Huff, all of these guys, um, you know, are doing things every day to cause fits for the offensive line and getting pressure on, on Zach Wilson. You know, today I think, um, probably counted about three sacks uh, for Carl Lawson today. Uh, John Franklin Myers should have been credited one, I think. Uh, Fuller runs with Adekasi had had one that, that you could have given to him as well. Um, you know, clearly no one's hitting the quarterback, but uh, they were there. And um, like I said, the yes. pressure meter is way high right now. So it, I'm really excited to see when Quinn and Williams gets healthy and comes into this mix. And there's another guy, Vinny Curry, who's coming through an injury right mm-hmm. now and not participating. So, you know, you're bringing yeah. another vet into the fold here. So very excited to see what this defensive line is going to bring. And I think the big questions are is cornerbacks, you know, how good is Bryce Hall going to be? How good is Bless Austin yeah. going to be for this team? You know, do they have what it takes? Um, those are the questions that I have. I, I feel that, you know, the way Saul is putting this thing together, I think his system might get us to where we need to be. But, of course, everything lies into, you know, how much effort, how much time that these guys put into the process to learn the system and then go out there and do it every Sunday. That's what it really boils down to for right. me. So definitely very yeah. excited about, you know, certain aspects of the defense. But you're you're right, though. There, there are some things that, you know, that we should be concerned about. And, you know, some certain positions that we're unaware of at this point, you know, and, you know, how will this play out? You know, maybe we'll see a little bit this weekend from the Giants. I'm not sure. Yeah. Right. Well, um, what do you think, though? Of, um, do you think our running backs see improvement? That's what I was concerned about in another area. I'm not too, I wasn't too yeah, crazy about our running backs the, last season. 
Right, right. Now, speaking a little bit about that earlier, um, I think it's going to be a committee approach. And, uh, uh-huh. y- you know, the way, whatever way you want to boil it out, is Tevin Coleman going to be 1A or 1B? I don't think it's really going to matter. Um, the way I've seen them use Ty Johnson, uh, you know, every day I've seen him, you know, bust out a run here or there. You know, same thing with LaMichael Le- Le- P. Ryan. He's really, really um, – showing that, you know, he wants touches in this offense. So, you know, his play has been um, coming on much better. He had some couple big runs today. He caught a pass out the backfield. He turned it up the field. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman looks like the version of the running back that I saw when he was with Atlanta and healthy. Um, not mm-hmm. the version of the banged-up guy that looked like he lost his step in San Francisco. So, yes. if Tevin Coleman stays healthy – yeah, I anticipate that this uh, this running game is going to be significantly better than it was last year. Um, so, may not be so. we may not have a thousand yard running back this year, but collectively uh, as a group, it may be pretty impressive. Well, and, any other uh, questions you have? Well, it's better than nothing. I mean, because last year it was in shambles. So, any any improvement yeah. will we'll do good this year. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. When you know nothing against Frank Gore, he's a great guy, Hall of Famer, everything oh, like that. Just uh, when you have a thirty-seven, thirty-eight-year-old running back leading the charge, you know, averaging about one to two yards a carry, and then you've got yeah. Which twenty-three and twenty-four-year-old backs. Yeah. Well, like thirty, because uh, like you know, I always like have this little joke like uh, an NFL player ages. Uh, Every three years or every year he's in the league. So 37 in normally is like about, oh, I don't know, 55 in football years. So, you know, you can add like Google right. like that. Because then, you know, because you're buying, true. you know, yeah, because, you know, in reality, you know, physically you're like 37, but uh, body wise, you're about 55. And 55 really right. don't belong playing football, you know. Yep, yep. Uh, draw your own conclusions. Well, Lou, uh, appreciate you uh, joining me, and um, Thank you. you know, uh, this is uh, I'm I'm running solo tonight. Glenn Dillon can join us, but thank you for calling in. Ah. I do appreciate it, and um, please call in again sometime. And uh, you know, any questions that you may have about training camp, I'll be back there tomorrow, and I'll be there a few times next week. So, um, you know, if time allows, to, because to I have again. A, because I have a busy schedule. Because I'm because I actually um. I'm the host, uh, host or co-host of six different podcasts throughout the week. <laughs> You're a busy, busy man. Well, maybe one yeah, day I have I'll my come own on show. To your show and we could talk some Jets. Well, actually, I have a show this Saturday at 5 o'clock, if you're interested, uh, called the Enhanced Sports okay. Show. I know it's, I know it's two hours for the, for the first game. I know. But um, what, a great way to, what a great way to start the season. Uh, the, the number is 512-543-4662. The number again, 512 512- Five four three four six six two. The name of the show is the Enhanced Sports Show. Try it; you'll like it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Right. Well, thank you, Lou. I'll be sure to uh, come come check you out and come look up the show. And uh, yeah, right. you know, let's uh, let's get something going for this year. But uh, thank you again, and have a good night, yeah. all right, bud. You too. Thank you. All right. Good night.
All right. So uh, thanks, Lou, for uh, calling in and uh, asking some questions about what's going on with the Jets. I'll be sure to uh, come look up your show. And, uh, yeah, maybe we can link up one day. That would be really fun. But I'm looking at the clock here. About 10 to 15 minutes left on the show. And I just want to take a quick look at my notes yet again just to make sure I didn't miss anything that I want to talk about. Uh, Okay, yes. So uh, the kicking situation. Um, Now, in the years past, there's always seemed to have been a problem, you know, with missed field goals going on at practice, and it's something that would carry on from week after week after week. And then we would, you know, basically plucking guys off the street um, to come in and, and kick and try out to try to figure out this massive void the Jets have had at the kicking position. Today, the kickers were absolutely perfect. Each of them was four for four, started around the 30-yard line, and they worked their way back to probably about a 55- to 56-yard field goal, and both kickers knocked them out the park. They, they, they each went four for four, so a little bit of a, a change this this training camp compared to the last few years where it's just doom and gloom out of the kicking position. Looks like we might have a real battle going on between uh, Matt M. Mandola and Chris uh, Nagger. So uh, we'll, you know, continue to keep our eyes and ears there and see how this thing's unfold. Um, if I had to be a guessing man, I'd probably say Amendola is ahead right now, but uh, you know, We'll see this weekend when they're under the lights against the Giants, and I'm sure both these guys are going to be getting attempts. And, uh, yeah, whomever, you know, whiffs a kick or, you know, mucks it up, they're probably going to be the ones uh, seeing the door. So, you know, this weekend will be the first glimpse of what we're going to see from, from this position and maybe see our future starter here. So, kicking corner is uh, to be determined at this point. Okay, so I'm just taking a look at some of the 11 versus 11 series today. Um, you know, as I stated earlier, um, Robert Fowler was deploying a third down kind of package blitzing scenario, um, all sorts of, of guys coming from all different angles corner blitzes, safety blitzes, linebackers, and, and of course, the, the, the big trench guys. Um, you know, there were times in which Lawson was, was creating fits, and then the next rep would be John Franklin Myers, and then after that was Fuller Runs of Fadakasi, and then there was Nate Shepard getting in the backfield. It was like everybody was taking turns uh, to create havoc today. And, uh, you know, again, this is all without Quinn and Williams. So if we're only getting a small, small fraction of what the capability is of this defensive line, it can be magnified as soon as Quinn and Williams comes into the fold. And that's kind of what I'm really, really excited to see. Due to the fact that we have questions on the outside cornerback positions and at the nickelback position, we need to be strong somewhere. And I feel that our strength is up front at the defensive line I think we have two really good linebackers in Mosley and Jared Davis. And then on the back end with Joyner and May, I think that, that gives really, really good um, – it solidifies the talent level in the middle of the field. 
Um, and now that leaves the outside guys, and that's where the big questions lie. So if Austin and Bryce Hall end up being the guys and being that good one-two punch that we need at the cornerback position, I think this defense is going to be more than fine. Uh, but a lot does lie on those those individual shoulders on the outside. So, you know, we'll continue to try to observe and, and let you guys know what we see from that those positions. And, you know, in the event that a setback happens and somebody else comes into the fold, trust me, we will let you know. So not too much more to cover here. Um, you know, tomorrow uh, I will be back at practice. Um, kind of be interested to see how this, this goes because uh, not sure if they're going to be, you know, more focusing on maybe some of the scripted stuff that we're going to be seeing this weekend or if they're going to continue to attempt to uh, dial up the pressure on Zach Wilson to give him that, you know, Sunday vibe, get him out there and, you know, throw everything that you can so that nothing is new for the first time when he goes out there. And uh, I think Robert Sell has done a pretty good job of trying to mix and match the type of packages and, you know, the stunts that they run and things like that. I think they're really, really not holding any punches back when it comes to this young rookie. And, uh, you know, maybe you've read some things saying that, you know, Zach Wilson has struggled and doesn't look like the guy he was in BYU. Then maybe your expectations are a little too high at this point. Um, He's only been through 10 days of practice and we've seen, or I've seen plenty of good things come from there. I've seen some rookie mistakes too. Um, holding onto the ball a little bit too much, um, not placing the ball where it needs to be, hitting his guy in stride, uh, and, you know, forcing the ball into um, some tight coverage. Um, you know, some of those windows that may have been available to Zach on Saturday, um, not going to be available to him on Sunday. So, you know, that'll be part of the learning curve. With uh, with Zach, um, you know, he was extremely aggressive in college. Uh, he took a lot of chances, but you can't really knock his play because the guy had over 70% of com- in completion percentage and a lot of those tight window throws that he attempted, his guy came down with it. So you could play devil's advocate and say, well, in the NFL world, that wouldn't have happened. But it did, so how can you refute that? So, you know, we'll see how aggressive Zach Wilson will be. We'll see if this aggression that I saw and that gunslinger kind of mentality that he has, it could end up being great. And maybe those those chances that he takes ends up being beneficial for the team. Maybe they end up being detrimental. So, it could be a learning process for him to know, okay, I shouldn't have made this throw. The next time that comes, I'm going to make an easier decision. And that's part of the process of learning as a quarterback. So we will definitely, how much he's absorbed of this offense, what he's capable of doing, and then when he trips and falls, we'll see how resilient Mr. Wilson is to pick himself back up, go back out there, and correct the play, right the wrong. You know, if you go back out there and you force the ball again, you make more turnovers, then that could that could be, you know, an early tell that, you know, maybe he's not ready for everything yet. 
But I digress. I think that at this point in time, Michael LaFleur is putting together a good system that's going to fit his needs. I think that we may not see, you know, crazy, exciting offense where, you know, every play and every ball is being thrown 20 yards down the field. I think that they're probably going to acclimate him, you know, with some simple stuff and build and continue to stack and continue to open up the playbook and, and call those big flashy plays, you know, the ones that we want to see to Elijah Moore and Davis and Mims, hopefully. And um, while I mentioned Mims, you know, that's somebody that's been talked about numerous times throughout camp. A lot of people um, seem to be quite alarmed by the fact that, you know, he's getting worked in with the twos and the threes. I've seen him work with the ones as well. Um, you know, there's probably been more talk or maybe it makes better headlines when you talk about, you know, the fact that he's, you know, air quoting struggling at the moment. You know, I think it, if if I had to put, you know, my name on this situation here, I would say that Denzel Mims, came into a football team with a bad head coach, a bad offensive scheme, ended up having a nagging injury that carried throughout the entire year. And he kind of missed last year. Last year was basically a wash. We had the pandemic. He had a bad coach, you know, limited participant throughout the year. Um, Even when he got healthy, ended up getting other ailments that set him back. Then you have poor quarterback play coming from Sam Darnold. You know, there was a lot going on last year that just didn't work to Mims' favor, even though we did see some some plays where, you know, that's the reason why, you know, when he goes out for a 15-yard catch, that's the reason why we got him. You know, when we – I saw him today, you know, burn one of the DBs, and, you know, the quarterback didn't find him, but he had a good three to four yards of separation on him. That 4-3 speed is going to play well. We just have to find – the right way to deploy him and get him going. I think Michael Floor is going to figure that out. Um, I also think that there's nothing wrong with having a guy struggling early in August, getting that urge and that sensation to fight and scrap and earn that spot that he feels that he deserves. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And that's where I think Denzel Mims is. I think that he's in a crossroads to where this is all on him, how much he puts into the process, how much he puts into learning the playbook, and then going out there and using the physical traits that he has and making himself a known asset into this offense. I think it's possible, you know, you look at some of the contracts of the other wide receivers on this team, not a lot of long-term deals outside of Mims, Corey Davis, and Elijah Moore. Those are the three main guys that I know right off the top of my head that have more than three years to play on this team. Jameson Crowder's got a one-year deal. Keelan Cole's got a one-year deal. Some of these UDFAs that were picked up last year, they could be practice squad guys. They could be let go in a couple weeks. So I don't feel that the, the stock right now on Denzel Mims may not be as high as anticipated, but I think that it's anything is going to rise and get better, it's his situation. He can't get any lower than he's gotten already. So I think at this point in time, we have to let this process play through. He's got to continue to chew into 
his new playbook, learn the system, live it, breathe it, and then go out there and have fun and do what he does best, which is be a great wide receiver. Because that's what he was when he was in college. He was a phenomenal talent. And it's just a matter of time before all the, you know, the dots line up. And then this kid's just reaching for the stars. So don't give up on the Denzel Mims yet. It's still early in his career. It's still early in the process together. And um, I'd love to see the narrative change come week three or week four of August and say whoever that Denzel Mims was in week one or week two, not the same guy. Now he's out there running crisp routes, making plays, you know, and looks like he's going to be an asset for Zach Wilson in the future. That's the storyline that I'm looking forward to seeing near the end of this month going into September. Maybe it doesn't play that way, but there's still nothing wrong with a guy having to earn something. Nobody should be just handed a position on the team at this point. New coach, new coordinator, new scheme, all that good stuff. Nobody should be set in stone at this point going into training camp. So I like the way that this is going to play out. I think this is going to work well out in Mim's favor. And when it does happen, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. So don't give up hope on Denzel Mims. Not saying that anybody has, but there has been some, you know, negative comments, you know, about, you know, him being with the twos, being with the threes, not getting, you know, the amount of reps that he deserves. Those headlines, they sure do sell, but I think it also leaves a great opportunity for him to, you know, rise above all this. So I see here, I'm up against the clock. I got about 90 seconds left. So I'm going to close out the show here. Everybody at NY Jets Life 24, if you have any questions, if you have, you know, uh, if you want a, a particular player that you want me to cue in on and, and take some notes on, come find me. I'd be more than happy to, you know, let you guys give you a little insight on, on, who, on who's doing what out there. Um, also, JetNation.com, number one fan forum in the NFL. If you're not signed up and you don't have the app, go do it right now while it's on your mind. Um, it's completely for free, nonstop Jets talk all day, every day. So, everybody, thank you for joining us. Um, thank you, Lou, for calling in. Appreciate your, your questions and your insight. Um, look forward to hearing from you again. Um, everyone, be well, stay safe, and, uh, yeah, let's go Jets. Let's kick some butt this weekend and, and knock down the Giants and, and get some bragging rights. So this is Alex Arallo signing off for Jet Nation Radio. Everyone, have a good night, and as per usual, go Jets. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets!